On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. The April Spritz. This is Tall Can Audio. We're not here to take part, we're here to take over. Nice to be back in the car, man. Hello and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Matt, how are you doing today? Screeds, if I were any better, I'd have to be two people. Look at that. Wow. I know. That's a saying. <laughs> that is a we saying. Call those, we call those said. around uh, our neck of the woods. Those are big G-isms, which is uh, a nickname that uh, another friend of the show, Maddie Lang, um, a long time ago, he dubbed my dad Big G. And uh, my dad is about as far away from a nickname like that as you could possibly imagine maddie was trying to give him a bit of a hip-hop flair a bit of a like calling bill belichick dollar dollar bill yeah it it doesn't it it doesn't work but it works it is exactly like that yeah and um you know my dad much like me and you know where we grew just good old country boys or or whatever and uh and then maddie at one point wanted to set him up a twitter which he wanted no part of but uh, he was pretty sure the handle there had to be, you know, because it would be so many impersonators. There would be uh, whatever. The real big G was going to be the uh, the Twitter. <laughs> but, and uh, he's not on Twitter? He like has he a Twitter that? account that he has locked right down. But I have no idea how often he actually checks on it. But it's he doesn't tweet at all. He uses oh, okay. it like a, like a news scroller or, or whatever. Right. So, okay. I was going to say that's, that's a wasted opportunity right <laughs> no. there. It's, it's a tragedy that that handle is not being used by him, but he's always, he's full of these that back when we were kids, my sisters and I, we used to groan when he would drop these, uh, if I was any better, I'd have to be two people or, uh, different things it's a very dead saying yeah he used yeah. to answer the phone at the cottage like city morgue you stab him we slab him um <laughs> house of lords god speaking right oh yeah Weird stuff like that that one rings a bell sure so oh he loves a good dad joke so that's uh that's about where that goes and um He'll be furious he, every now and then. He listens. He'll be he'll be pissed off. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about these things on the show, but oh man, uh, well, I'm not going to give out his actual Twitter handle, so that'll be okay. And uh, no, it's uh, dangerous. Have, you know how these things go. Um, when you first log on to a social media thing for the first time, you, there's like options to like alert your contacts and things like that. He didn't want to do any of that. He wanted to create an account have no followers he's never sent a tweet he just wanted to be able to follow what he follows 
or was interested in, right? And somehow, like sometimes happens, as soon as he created the account, someone in his address book got the notification, you know, and Big G is now on Twitter. And before he could get it locked down to to, to that that person had already started following him. Like they must oh, no. their, so he has one follower. <laughs> that he doesn't know how to get rid of. And it's not like it matters because he's got, you know, he doesn't tweet, but it, it bugs him that he has this one Twitter <laughs> that he doesn't know how to get rid of. So just quietly joins Twitter and lurks in the background. Basically. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I like no, it for sure. So hey, there are worse things to do on Twitter and we see that every oh day. No doubt about that. Uh, Matt, how are I'm, you very, doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm on vacation. So I can't, LA. I can't complain. Yeah. I took two weeks off. So I'm like, I'm real in vacation mode right now. I don't even remember what I do for a living. <laughs> so I'm, this is why I took the two weeks off. Cause every time I take a week off, like I haven't taken, I haven't taken two weeks off since my wedding, which was a year and a half ago now. And I've never taken two weeks off and not had anything to do. Like if I take right. two weeks off of work or more than a week, it's cause I'm going somewhere, right? Going sure, on a yeah, trip yeah. or whatever. Can't do that this year. So, yeah. you know, sitting at home and doing nothing. And I really feel like I'm, you know, disconnected and, and on vacation, which is good. It was something I very much needed. So, well, I know there's something you're getting to here, but let me ask you then, did you do the patio thing and have, oh, since you're on vacation, gosh. have you done it multiple times? <laughs> I've, I've done it twice. Okay. I tried not to go too, too crazy yeah. and, and stayed, obviously, I, I think I talked about this last week, but I, I stay within my realm. In the tri-city area. My space. I think we yeah. So it. I started, started with Ridge Rock. Love That's it. where we, we kicked off patio season mm-hmm. and, uh, I'll get to that in a minute as well, okay, nice. um, which was amazing. Red Rock's patio is fantastic and their beer is always good. And it was awesome. And then I may have received I, a, a photo from your, uh, your better half of yep. a, uh, of a dark coconutty, uh, kind of oh. offering that I'm super intrigued about. Well, you know what? May as well just get right into it okay? because that's what I'm drinking. Today. Oh, all right. <laughs> awesome. So this is a very Matt specific beer. Well, that's great because we, um, as you also know, and we're good, we're going to get in. Matt's not drinking a very Matt like no. beer today, so we'll get to those. What do you got? Tell me about this thing. So it's it's a coconut black IPA from Ridrock Brewing. Wow. Um, it is. I, I we picked up a couple. They only serve it in Crowler, so I don't actually have the you know can opening sure. sound today because I had to open it and share it with my husband because apparently <laughs> I can't drink a whole Crowler by myself at once. <laughs> Um, so I, uh, I, I, we're obviously sharing this one. And of course we, we may or may not have picked one up for a certain wow. Matt Robinson wow. next time we see him because we people. literally, so we were sitting on the patio, Josh got a pint of this black coconut IPA or mm-hmm. coconut black IPA. And he took one sip and, and he's like, okay, first of all, try this. Second of all, Matt, this is a Matt beer. <laughs> like this is the first thing that came to his mind. And like, I'm not going to lie. I, it, I, I tried it at the, at the brewery i've i had we got a couple crowlers so i had one a couple days later um (laughs) it's it's definitely like i've had a lot of black ipas in my time and and they always to me taste like stouts like they're not ipas i don't know why they call them ipas (laughs) this actually tastes like an ipa like it it kind of tastes like a hazy ipa but it's got some smokiness to it it's got that kind of roasty dark flavor and then it's got a hint of coconut and like it's just really well balanced. It, it it's not a beer I would typically go with, but it works, man. It is so tasty. I'm fascinated so that's, by that. that that's whole, what I'm going uh, with today. That whole scene, yeah. Uh, uh, what are you drinking that is not a matte beer? I uh, so this has been, you know, when I sometimes when I do these beer orders, like I'll put them in a certain. 
I, I don't want to get into it. I have like a thing. That I want them in this order. This is how I'm going to get them. And, and I don't want to jump the order. So this one has been the next one in line for a while. And I've just sort of been kicking that pebble down the stone. I've moved to a, or that stone, that pebble down the road, not that pebble down the stone, as it sounds like I've maybe had a few of these already. Um, <laughs> this is apparently part of a series and it is called the, uh, the happy hour from Grain and Grit. Now, I noticed just as we were firing up the mic here that there's a happy hour series from Grain and Grit, but I'm pretty sure I have this correct. And this is, man, I, I sent you the description and I left the can out in the other room now, but this is supposed to be a, 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 a fruited sour, which is, Ooh. yeah, a long way from where I typically reside, but it's supposed to have notes of zesty orange and flower petal. And there's a lot going on there. I don't know if you still have that picture around with the description. I should have brought it in sure here with me. Do. Okay. Why don't you hit us with what this bad boy is all about? All right. <clears throat> so we're big fans of Spritz Vene Veneziano. Wow. Sure. Over here. The refreshing Italian this. cocktail, more widely known as an Aperol Spritz. There it is. Now you're speaking my language. Uh, this is the second beer in our happy hour cocktail sour series where we recreate flavors of our favorite cocktails in a sour beer. If you love an Aperol Spritz as much as we do, this is the beer for you. So Matt, do you love an Aperol Spritz? I have no idea what an Aperol Spritz is. Can you fill oh, me in on that before I take my first? I'm going to take my first sip now. Why don't you fill me in while I do that, what an Aperol okay. Spritz is? So my Italian friends, our Italian listeners are going to hate me for this because I'm not going to, I'm going to have to actually Google what the ingredients are here. Um, I did not know what an Aperol Spritz was until I went to Italy. And it's very typically like, in Wine. Italy, when when you have a cocktail hour, okay. you know maybe four, three or four in the afternoon, you have cocktail hours. Sit on a patio. It's a beautiful day. Very classic cocktail is the aperol spritz. Okay, it's basically what what you're. We haven't all been be to Italy. Uh. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But they are very readily available here. And uh, right. if this food blogger who wrote an article about it would not <laughs> write a uh, novel before her recipe. I could tell you what's oh, in it. Okay. This is a thing. People hate this. <sighs> People love this. There's, this is a war Internet, on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> you need to stop this. This is, this is seriously bad. Um, so it's, you've probably seen that there's Aperol mix or, or like, yes, okay. uh, you've seen a bottle yeah. with Aperol no on it. Get that from the LCBO. Yes. <laughs> so it's three ounces of that. Okay. Uh, three ounces of dry Prosecco. Okay. Uh, club soda or unflavored sparkling water in an orange slice. Apologies to our Italian listeners who are like, no, that is absolutely not the right recipe. And here is the right recipe, but that is what I found. <laughs> a quick Google search would suggest we have this correct, even if we don't. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, uh, I have no idea if you're following this any more closely than I am. I'm being extra festive because uh, I believe Italy is kicking off like right now at, uh, at Euro 2020. So um, there you go. I'm I entirely planned that, obviously. Uh, obviously, because <laughs> we're all about themes here on uh, Tall Can Audio. I have had, I believe, my last, one of the small batch dispatch packages that I got for Christmas mm -hmm. had a grain and grit beer in it. I think it was called Invisible Friend. It was, an, it was a pale ale. And oh, it I got a few delicious. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, good. No, no, no. I mean, Go. got a few uh, Invisible Friends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Uh -huh. Is that another big G-ism? Nope, just it feels uh, like a big Gism. Nah, it's just it's, big madism. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's not start those. 
<laughs> anyway, grain and grit. Yep. From what I've had, okay. I really liked their beer. So enjoy. Uh, what What are the first few sips giving you? It's weird. Um, it's weird. <laughs> Aperol spritz to me, I just assumed, you know, whatever the first term you hit us with. Uh, and there was another paragraph there that it outlined the stuff that was in it. Um, I don't know if that got sent to you or not. I can't remember now. But the first term that you read out there in the first paragraph that sounded very Italian. As soon as I sipped on this, I don't even know what this sentence means, but I'm like, yes, this is Italian. Like this, uh, you're yes. almost pushing somewhere from beer almost to wine or, or whatever. There's a lot happening here. It's fine. I'm not ever ordering a second one of them, but it's not like one of those ones that you wouldn't finish. Right. So. So for those wondering, the mm. remaining description was aromas of freshly zested orange with hints of rose petal, rose lime juice, petal. and Swedish berries. Super light and refreshing up front through. with loads of orange zest and citrus, followed by subtle bitterness, rhubarb, and more orange reminiscent of Aperol. Dry, refreshing finish with subtle sweetness from raw wheat malt. That is a lot going on <laughs> There's there. There's a lot happening. Subtle bitterness better describes a big Mattism. Like <laughs> That's all about Matt. That's where Matt lives yeah. in the land of subtle bitterness <laughs> and sometimes not so subtle. Um, maybe the one thing we should touch on here and I did, uh, uh, you know, you'll probably hear me crack it here in a little while. This one's already poured into a, into a pint class. I wanted to get a shot there for the Instagram at talking and audio as Michaela mentioned earlier. Um, but keeping with this Italian theme, something else involving a very well-known Italian Canadian happened today before uh, I cracked this beer and before uh, the Italians kicked off at Euro 2020, Michaela. Oh, I see where you're going. I was hey! like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Steering okay. the transitions yes. here, trying to help out a little. Yes, that is right. There you go. Uh, Jason Spezza, noted Italian, um, <laughs> signed a one-year deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs yes. for a league minimum yes, $750,000 a year. So Jason Spezza coming back to Toronto. How are you feeling, Leafs fan, Matt? I, um, you know what? You know what I got to say? You know what I love here is um, he's still making league minimum, but he got a raise up 50 grand. Last year, league min was 700 grand. This year, it's 750. Our boy's getting a raise, right? So, getting paid. Yeah, exactly. He's, you know he's what? making that fat... I don't know, league men money. <laughs> I I wouldn't say no to $750,000. No. Also worth every penny for yes. the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just based on his performance in the playoffs alone, that $700,000 that you were paying him last year got much farther than yes. the $11 million oh, you're boy. paying Austin Matthews. <laughs> Oh, that's the guy we're picking on? All right. Uh, fair okay, enough. We have, pick, we have multiple $11 million busts here at the Which moment. Which one do you want to go with here? I, you know what? This is, it's, it's good news. It's good news it for is, Leafs. It is absolutely Spezza. good news. And, it's um, good, even good news for us Sens fans who want to see Jason Spezza happy, even if it means he's with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, so far, there's no evidence he's going to be happy here. But hopefully, as we move forward... Um, I, I really like it. To me, this this is a no-brainer, right? If the guy wants to keep taking league min deals, um, and he flat out said last year, and, and people got all upset, it's cap circumvention, if because they had to place him on waivers to to make everything fit the way they wanted with the taxi squad, that if he'd been claimed, he, was, he would just retire. He's not going to play anywhere else. He wants to be at home. And there's no doubt in my mind, based on how he's performed, he could get more somewhere else. I don't know how much more, like, is it 1.5? Is it two? Is it three? Like, I, I don't know. Um, but he's clearly still got some game in him, but he just wants to be close to home. 
And, uh, you know, I respect that probably because it's helping my team right now. The one thing that is interesting and we saw throughout the playoffs when, you know, some of the, the top guys were getting shut down and you're looking at who has it going and who doesn't, there was a lot of members of, of good old Leafs Twitter screaming that Spez needs to be moved up, right? Maybe he's a, for right now you got to play him on the third line. Maybe you got to play him on the second line. And at moments, at times, you know, when you're down or on a power play or six on four, whatever it might be in the last minute, I got no time with that. But I wonder how much of what his production looks like right now. And in terms of like points per 60, he's dominating, right? But at 10 minutes per night, right? Against lower competition, facing other fourth lines, other third pairs, things like that. You know, I, I think that's the one thing as we move forward here that Leaf fans need to keep in mind that I think a big part of why he's successful right now is he's not being asked to do what they were still asking him to do in Dallas, right? And he can fit into that bottom six. He's comfortable there. Keith is clearly comfortable with him there. Um, he can win some big draws for you. He can play on your fourth line in a pinch. He can play third line for a game or two, but I don't, I I think it's too simplistic to go, well, if he's getting this many points at only 10 minutes a night, you should start playing him 17 minutes a night. I think you start seeing diminishing returns there in a real hurry. I think probably a big part of his success is, you know, at 37, 38 years old, the fact that he's not being asked to do too much right now. Yeah, I, I think like he's a role player at this point right. in his career and he's being played in the exact role that he fits in. Not to mention, I mean, if you need a big face off one, right. you put Jason Spezza out yeah. there. Like he has always had a phenomenal face off right. percentage. He continues to have a phenomenal face off percentage even at this point in his career. So if his job is to get out there, win a face off, and get off, yeah, well, Patrice Bergeron was put right? on the Olympic right. team in 2010 exactly. to do exactly that. That's so it. guess what? There's a career in that. Right. So, uh, you know, we don't need to spend too much time on, on you know, 750 grand Jason Spets, but I thought it was noteworthy. I like that the Leafs made it a priority to reward him for that and to send that message to the rest of their team rather than wait till, you know, we'll see what else we do and maybe we'll see if we can fit you in. It was like, no, you've earned, if you want to come back and do this again, you've more than earned that. We'll commit to you right now. Um, I, I really like that rather than making them sit around and, and wait all summer to see what else you do. He's, he's it's league minimum, like, and he's yeah. worth well more than that. You've gotten lucky that he's just decided that's where he's comfortable. He wants to be at home with his family and his kids and that's fallen into your lap. You take advantage of it every time. I don't know if it'll be this year or not. There will be a time where this stops making sense. At some point it will fall apart, right? He's not the greatest skater in the world. Uh, he's still more than capable right now. Um, but whether it's this upcoming season, you know, there will come a time as you keep doing this one at a time, you know, league min deals, one year deals, there will be a January, a February or a March where you go, oh my God, right? Like we need to stop doing this. this. Right. And we sort of saw it with, with Thornton this year. Um, but that time wasn't this season. So it makes sense to roll the dice again. I think it made. I think it was a good idea. I'm happy it's done. Happy it's signed. Happy he was committed to right away. And uh, we, they move forward from there. Big news yeah. out of Leafland. And, and you're right. Like it, It's a pretty minor signing in the grand scheme of things. Yep. But I do think it does send a good message to the team. And it, it sends a good message to Jason himself, right? Like yes. you earned this. Yeah. You, you 
we you want deserve you this. To be you, here. We want you to keep doing this, right? Yeah. And, and also, you, you know, hey, Austin and Mitch, maybe wake <laughs> up a bit because this guy who makes, you know, what you make in a freaking week probably, probably. Uh, was more effective on our team in the playoffs. And, and yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot. He also, like, we saw a lot in the playoffs in particular and, and obviously in, in the bubble last year as well, mm-hmm. what Jason Spezza brings in terms of leadership. Yeah. Right. And I know that people hate to hear intangibles and great in the room and leadership. And I'm blah, fine blah, blah. with intangible talk is... at 750 grand. Exactly. <laughs> like that, that is what you pay for intangibles. Yeah. That's an appropriate price right. for intangibles. And there is something to be said for someone who's been in the league for 20 yep. years, who loves this team, who wants to be here. Who's and it's clearly popular. Like they love him back. Right. Like exactly. The second, like, like that thing that I talked about where at some point the wheels will just fall off and it'll be over. The second that happens, he's on the player development staff or he's an assistant oh, yeah. coach or what he, he will be a part of this for better or worse, for a long time, right? So uh, Absolutely. And, and he's and earned that. If and when the wheels do fall off, you know, it's pretty inexpensive yes. uh, cost for the, for the sure. Leafs. So yeah. overall, you know, good signing for them. Good for Jason Spezza. Happy all around, which is not something we say too often in Leafsland. So um, that's great. Uh, the big news this week, though, Matt, no offense <laughs> to the Jason Spezza signing, was uh, the, the official confirmation that we will have CFL football this year Woo-hoo! and just wait for the hallelujah course to begin. Yes. Thank you very much. We're doing this thing. Oh, the league's board of governors voted unanimously on a 14 game regular season, which will kick off on August 5th. Oh my God. We can see it. It's on the horizon. The 108th gray cup will be on December 12th in Hamilton, Ontario. Let's go. Hamilton in December is gorgeous. Like people yep, are going to love I that. I can't wait. <laughs> my, my trip to Regina in November for the gray cup was canceled <laughs> because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. So I'm really happy that I'm going to be making up for it with a December trip to Hamilton. Hamilton, Ontario. Bring it on, That's Hammer. Beautiful. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this was good news. <laughs> honestly, I was so excited. Um, threw it down on on Monday right after the news. Said, uh, "Screw it, podcast." Right. I was going to come in do something solo. Hoff texted me with um, some emojis and some four letter words that he's not probably really supposed to say in his official capacity. Um, and, and all those four letter words were followed by finally with exclamation marks. And uh, I said, you know, around three o'clock, I'm firing up the studio. No pressure. If you want to jump on, cool. If not, cool. And have a celebratory pint. And he goes, I'm in. So you can check that out at 842 if you just want to get someone inside the Red Blacks organization. Um, you know, we just asked them how are the staff is feeling. How This is one of those things that gets under discussed, right? This has been hell for everybody, for players, for coaches, for what, but for people who sell popcorn and people who scan tickets and this is a huge deal across the league. And so I just asked him, you know, how are people feeling? What are you hearing? And, uh, you can check that out at talkinaudio.com or wherever you're listening right now. It's episode 842, but with him out of the way, having to tow the official line, you and I can talk for real. And this is amazing, right? Like this is so great. I, I will be honest. I was surprised it was unanimous. I thought Toronto might be kind of douchey about this and possibly Montreal. My understanding is they needed seven and 
I think they were always going to get seven. And so I guess maybe Toronto and Montreal go, why be the, you know, if this is going to pass anyway, why publicly out ourselves as the douchebags <laughs> that are holding this up? But um, I was pumped. I was pumped when it came out. I think Dave Naylor was first with it. Uh, Justin Dunk was right there with them that this went unanimous. And we're going to have football. And um, they have committed to it with the understanding that at minimum, I believe there will be 35% here in Ontario uh, attendance um, with the possibility of more. We'll see where our phases are at and all these all our cases by August 5th. All the Ontario teams will play their first two weeks out west, which buys a little extra time, right, before coming home. And uh, because apparently, like uh, I read this morning, Saskatchewan's premier was just like, nah, we're open, 100%, go nuts, right? Like, have a good time <laughs> with it. I think Alberta will probably look a lot like that. So why not? get everybody out West, um, and, and start out there. I'm stoked that we're going to do this thing again. This is so big for the league. You can't do two seasons, you know, out of the spotlight and survive. I'm pumped. Where were you at when you saw this? Like, this is amazing news. Oh my God. I was just beyond excited. I sure picked a great week to take a break from Twitter though. Um, <laughs> so my goal, my agreement with myself was that I would not go on social media this week right. and uh, then this happened. So apparently sure. good things happen when I stay off social media. No, I'm, I'm absolutely. <laughs> good things happen when this. we all stay off social media. It's that, just that's very true. Us. That's very true. Um, the Red Blacks will actually play at home on August 28th against my former team, the BC Lions, right. which I am really looking forward to i'm i'm a red blacks fan i jump ship i i I have but like there's still a part of my heart that you know longs for the bc lions and i i'm always very conflicted when they come to town travis lule oh g-roy simon was my okay yeah he he was i became a casey printers fan or like (laughs) he was just leaving when i became a fan so no i'm i'm a wally buono fan all right we all are i think we all are yeah um but i i just oh my god i cannot wait to watch cfl football and i cannot wait to sit in my seats at TD place and watch a CFL game. And yes, I 100% will be there. I will put a mask on. I will wear a freaking face visor. If you need me to, I will be there without a freaking, I will actually, we, we just got our email from the red black saying like, you know, are you opting in? Cause we we're season ticket holders. Right. So we've been kind of in limbo having paid for, I think we paid for almost all of our tickets for the 2020 season and obviously it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. we just said, you know, keep it and we'll, we'll right. be back. And then we just got the email today that says, Hey, are you back? And we right. get to say, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we are. I'm so excited. It's going to be so great. Excited. This is going to be awesome. And I, I, I have no issue. I don't know what this is going to look like. Nobody really does in terms of attendance right now with where we sit. If they said tomorrow, we're playing outdoor sports in Ontario at 35% capacity. I go, that's fine. Like that's probably yeah. about right. That makes sense. It's outdoors. Like, it's a big it's stadium. No different. It's in, in terms of the, the, uh, situation around it. Like, yeah, you're right. It's outdoors yeah. and 35%. Like when you compare that to, you know, the 2,500 that Montreal had for their games indoors, or, yeah. and, and, you know, I know double vaccinated healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Great. Sure. Like, like that's awesome. But I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure you could, but by the time we play, uh, at the end of August, I am sure you could ensure that that the people coming into the games are are vac- fully vaccinated. Like I, I don't know how you do that, but if you can, f- by all means, go for it. Yeah. I'm fine with that. If okay. my if my requirement is you have to be fully vaccinated and wear a mask, all that stuff, whatever. Yeah, 
I'll do it. That's I don't care. It's going to be reality here moving forward. And as long I, I, I don't, I, I get the concession stuff and how that can get a little dicey and, you know, crowds certainly pile up when you're getting into the stadium. I won't pug your concession stuff. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's, you know, 35% TD place in an outdoor stadium. Like yeah. how it, it's really, when you think about it, not much different from having people on patios right now. It's not. I think it's going to be safe. I think they're going to make it safe. And, and I have full, you know, again, like, you know, end of August, who knows it where might be we'll higher. be. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, where we are now, you're right. If things, if they said tomorrow, Hey, we're going to have 35%, I'd be like, okay, yep. cool. Yep. Like that's, I, I think that makes sense. It's just, this is a gate driven league. We know that we know they need bums and seats to survive. We also know this is going to be a, another season in the red. Oh yeah. Right. Like no matter what the teams are going to lose money this season, but if they can at least make some yes. and bring these people back who are selling hot dogs and, and selling beer and, and scanning tickets, like, you know, having p- bums and seats means those people get to come to work. So I, it's so I, I think this is good all around radio mode. It's bums and seats. It's bums and it's seats. not even butts. It's, it's, it's bums and seats. Bums and seats. We got, there's some weird quirks in the red black schedule. You're playing Montreal four times. You're not playing Winnipeg once. Uh, <laughs> there's some weird stuff happening there. I kind of get it. You're just trying to make it fit, right? It's it's 14 games, so you don't have the the full um, you know schedule that you would normally have within your division, and then even with the the teams out west, it is kind of I would call it odd. I guess I don't think the Red Blacks go to Calgary either. I think Calgary comes here once. Um, So you're going to see some oddities like that. There's also like a couple of Wednesday, Tuesday games in there. Um, Yeah, they play twice in week 10, once on Wednesday and then once on the Monday. So that must be October. I think that's Uh, the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. classic or whatever you're calling it. Yeah. So there's some weird quirks. There's also, and and this isn't just the Red Blacks. I saw uh, in the, the league announcement that they were advertising three Saturday triple headers. And I'm like, in principle, as a CFL fan, I'm fine with that. But I was surprised just because how much of this season is going to be up against hockey again, right? And the NFL, right? So you want to load up your Saturday to avoid um, the monster that is the NFL for football fans on Sunday. But at the same time, you know, when I was looking at it a couple times, the Argos, I think, play like twice or three times against the Leafs on hockey night in Canada, like in a Saturday evening game. And you're just kind of like, it's a weird thing to do. Like, could you have not given them the earlier game? Maybe you can't. I, I, I don't know. This is, I, I have no criticism for anybody. You're just trying to make no. this happen. Right. But at the same time, you kind of look at a few of them and go, ah, I wish you weren't doing that, right? I, I think yeah. I I've, think I think the Argos and Alouettes are playing on Wednesday, October 6th, which you know is almost always the start of the NHL season, which almost always features the Leafs and the Habs. Like, so that the sucks. Argos are playing Ottawa on is Wednesday, Ottawa? October okay. 6th. Okay. Yeah, but but that, you know, that's that's a national hockey game that's a national hockey night right yes. the least are usually playing that night 7 30 p.m kickoff like yeah you're you're literally throwing down the gauntlet and competing with your other team i again you're right this season who knows Just the circumstances in which these in. <laughs> were penciled in um so i'm not going to criticize anybody for no. it this year but i've always thought and and 
you know, I've, I think I've talked about this before. The CFL needs to capitalize on its Friday night more than yes. it does. I know we have Friday night football and they, and they do brand it, mm-hmm. but there's one game, maybe two. Right. Like Hammer load that. up Friday. Right. Who cares? Have an Eastern game, have a Western yes. game and then have like have another late game. That should I don't be care. your double header night. You should be like, doing Friday night double headers every Friday. Yeah. Because that's a night you could own. There's yes. not a lot of sports on Friday nights. No one targets Friday nights, understandably, because people tend to go out Friday nights, but you could make the same argument for Saturday. Yep. Let them go out to a bar and watch your game. Right. Like, no, and this, it, this is doable, and you're not going to compete with Saturday night and hockey. Unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. And, of course, the NFL owns Sunday. Yeah. So I know they kind of tried to experiment. They, they you know, obviously had the Thursday night football thing, but like Friday night, is your. it could be your night try to own it do everything you can to own that night and i, I do see a couple double headers on friday but it, it just it, it, no it's it's still early games and late games like it it's, yeah. it's an opportunity mess again i'm i'm not so much talking about this season i think it's, it's hard outside right? of this season they they really could have done a better job yeah. of that but yeah this is it's well, going to be a weird season too I, right i've been trying not to be too hypocritical about this because i have been one of those people who has screamed through the summer, you know, you need to capitalize things on things. And, and you always get it in like the second week of July. It's, it's, we always talk about that one or two nights where nothing is happening. The NBA is done. The NHL is done. And it's post MLB all-star game and, and home run derby. And I've always said the fact that the CFL doesn't find a way to play every single year on that empty Wednesday or whatever it is, is ridiculous. And now here we are, they're going, we're going to play some Wednesdays. I'm like, no, you, what are you doing? <laughs> How so, dare you? Right. This is one of those things where this year, I'm just like, I, I get it. Make it fit however you have to, right? Like do what you got to do. But it, it, when you do look at it, you're kind of like, oh man, like there's some weird quirks in the schedule that... I don't know that they necessarily favor anyone. They're just weird, right? That's, yeah. yeah. And and you got to think like part of me was like, you know, did was the schedule ready to go? And <laughs> and they were waiting on it. How long did they have to put it together? But you know goddamn well, like at any minute, the, the board could have said no and it was right. back to the drawing board. So yep. I doubt there was much. And again, I have no information on the situation. Chris Offley would definitely know more <laughs> than I do. But like I, I get the sense that there was probably a lot of last minute scrambling because they didn't want to put too, too much effort given that this could all be, you know, erased and started well, again. If the board, had it's true. Their mind. It's true. But we saw that. Uh, I'm sure you saw it, that video that the red blacks put out uh, with Louis Ward and um, uh, Antoine Pruno, right? Hot wings. And, and, and uh, the, they released, what were they calling? I, ha- I haven't been on social. This oh week, my goodness. Okay. No. So you have what's going on in the world. The red blacks <laughs> tweeted out this video. That was like, I think they called it hotter wing, you know, with the capital R and whatever, hotter wings and hot, hot wings and hotter schedule releases or whatever. So it's Ward and Pruno week one, here's our schedule. And they try a wing and they get gradually hotter over the 14 weeks as they, and so by the end, they're just like freaking out and having these like mental meltdowns over these hot wings that they're trying and, uh, and whatever. It was a great video, but there's no way. That thing was produced in the 24 hours between. So this schedule existed and you're right. It was completely contingent then on, on ownership. Are we going ahead? Yes. Everyone clicks release on all these things they built. If they'd have said no, 
either because we're adjusting some things or because they just weren't going to do it, it all just gets thrown right in the trash. But that that video, and, and lots of teams did similar things, but I can tell you that Red Blacks video, that was not done, you know, in the, <laughs> the 18 yeah. hours between the announcement that we're going ahead and the schedule being released. Yeah, and there's there's probably so much going on with each individual city that is impacting this as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I don't know what other events are taking place, but I know that concerts are starting to be booked yep. for the end of the year, so that's probably a factor. And, I mean, who knows? What, whatever, whatever the situation may be, we're going to have CFL football this year, and I am so, so happy NLB. about that. I need to do some serious, like, I, and I'll uh, fully admit have not done it yet. I need to actually study the Red Blacks roster and remember who the hell plays for right. this team. Remember, I think we while. talked about this at the beginning of the NHL season because there was so much movement on the Sens in particular that mm-hmm. like in the week leading up to the NHL season starting, I literally was just studying the Sens. I'm going to have to do that with the Red Blacks. I completely forget who's on this team. And, you know, well, well, that's the like the biggest Arbuckle part of this news situation. We're getting the Mouchoir podcast back, right? We are. Actually, Janine and I were talking today. Sweet. Um, prob- we're going to chat early next week and, and start lining some stuff up. But we, you know, you might have an episode in, uh, in the next week or so. So, uh, some scheduling issues yes. we got to figure out, but, uh, yeah, good news. Get subscribed news right around. now. If you haven't heard of it yet, Mouchoir, a Red Blacks podcast, wherever you're listening to this, you'll find that you should be subscribed right now. Fools. Mouchoir. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear it again. I am so happy. I can't wait to hear that sound again. Um, will you be in the stands, Matt, when the Red Blacks... I can't commit to anything. I'll be to a game this year. I can neither confirm nor deny. All right. I'll be to a game this year. I don't want to say which one. I I don't know where the cases are, and I don't want to make it my whole medical shit again. Uh, I'll I'll get to a game this year. I I badly need to be at a live sporting event this year, and the fact that they're outdoors and whatever. As long as everything continues on the trajectory that we're on right now, yeah, I'll I'll be at a game this season or maybe a couple of games this season. I got to make friends with whoever lives in the condo building right next to the TD place though. I got to make friends with someone who has a view of the field. Yeah. If you, if you are listening to this and you have a view of the field, DM me, let's chat <laughs> only, only in a, uh, you know, yeah. platonic manner. Yeah. Do not slide into folks. her DMS in a creepy Don't slide way. In my DMs. <laughs> but if you knock if you, politely and then enter when invited, <laughs> I will bring good beer. I swear. Oh, I can it's vote for that. I've, oh man, those people who live there. I've unreal. Like, they, eh? Like in any other year, I mean, it's it's an amazing place mm-hmm. to live, I'm sure. Yeah. But this year in particular, when you get to watch the games and you don't, if if you're uneasy about going right. into to a stadium, which is fine, by the way, I talk yeah, about yeah. the fact that I'm comfortable. Yep. But like, I I think we all need to adopt this mentality of like, let everyone reopen at their own pace. Right. Right. Like, if you're comfortable doing something, if you're something double vaxxed awesome, and it's outside and the numbers are where you want them to be, go do yeah. your thing. If you're not ready, go but, don't. Right. <laughs> and, and don't judge people who are not at the same pace as right. you on both sides. Right. I've, I saw a lot of shame. I think that's part of the reason I decided to just step away from social media for a couple of days. When when patios were reopening, there were a few people kind of shaming oh, yeah. those Getting who were judgy. going to patios. And I was like, listen, man, it's within the rules. Mm-hmm. You, people are supporting businesses just because you're not comfortable does not mean that other people are breaking the rules. Like nope. the, this is within the rules here. I'm not talking about, you know, people should follow the rules. That's the, the main lesson, but like everyone's going to get back to things at their own pace and whether someone's ahead or behind or, you know, more comfortable or less comfortable than you let them, let them go at their own pace. But anyway, all that is to say, if you're not comfortable going, which is completely fine, you can watch from your freaking condo. Yes. Oh, I've never been cool, more jealous uh, of those people honestly, in my life. Uh, I said to, uh, said to Hoff at the end of episode 842, 
that uh, he should arrange a discount for the uh, TCA luxury suite. And then that's where I will take in the games from. There you go. There you <laughs> so, go. Keep an um, eye out. We will, uh, we'll keep you posted, but, um, you know, Michaela's going to be there. I'm hoping to be there. That's good news. We'll see how things go. This is going to be awesome. Oh, just one more little check of the box on the way back to normal. Exactly. Seat. I'm really looking forward to yes. it. Speaking of things that feel really normal, um, the MLB is trying to crack down on foreign substances, Matt. Mm-hmm. But these are not the foreign substances that you may typically associate with the MLB. Mm. These are foreign substances, also known <laughs> as sticky stuff, yes. on the b- baseballs. I was going to say on the balls, but no, not going to do that. Um, Pedro on the Martinez baseballs. did it. Yes, sure did. I'm surprised that was the only one. If anybody hasn't seen the Pedro Martinez quote on Twitter, yeah, it's, you know, (laughs) there's sticky stuff on balls. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I'll let you know that Pedro Martinez believes he is the only one who should control how his balls are rubbed. There you go. There it is. At Talking Audio on Twitter and Instagram. We'll give you the video. So I'll, I'll admit. <laughs> Actually, it's not that video. <laughs> not that I, video. No, I no, need no, to no. clarify. We, we'll give you a work safe video. <laughs> you will not see. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, just get us back on track. I've ruined this. <laughs> get us back well, on the rails. So I'm, I'm going to look to you for a little bit of help on this one. Okay. I, I, I've talked about the fact that I'm a relatively new baseball fan. I've only been watching it for about probably eight to 10 years, like, like loosely and more and more each year. But I've seen a lot of, of, of coverage this year of sticky stuff. That's what they're calling it on, on, on balls that pitchers are using to get better grip and it's allowing them to control the balls better. And people are outraged by it and, and, and batters in particular are outraged by it because they're starting, their stats are starting to look bad because pitchers are using this and pitchers are saying, well, just be better. (laughs) Yes. Am I wrong in thinking that, like, why is this a big deal? Like, you know, I wax my stick, and most hockey players wax their sticks yep. to to grip. I don't know if it actually does anything, but it's <laughs> to uh, control the puck better or whatever. Is this any different than just tweaking your equipment to, to your liking? Okay, so here's the thing. This has been going on for decades, right? That... You see it all the time when you, they zoom in on the pitcher and it seems like after every pitch, he wants to adjust his hat, right? He keeps gripping the pe- He's got something on it. There's rosin on it or something that's giving him a little stickiness on his fingers. He reaches down to his belt often, right? And not to do what Pedro Martinez is alluding to, um, but just get, get a little stickiness. He's rubbed rosin or whatever it might be on his belt. That has gone on forever and forever batters have been in favor of it because it means we're getting plunked way less often, right? You have better control on your pitches. What seems to be happening over the last couple years relates to the evil in all sports that is analytics, right? We now know better what happens. Um, We can monitor things better. We have cameras on these things. And the big term that you hear all the time now to pitchers is spin rate. And that's what has kind of caused this to explode. Everyone was fine with the fact that you had a little suntan lotion, you had a little rosin, whatever on your hand, and that helped your, your grip or your velocity or whatever it might be. Um, now we know 
that the higher the spin rate, the more likely that slider you're throwing is to bite and kind of jump off the plate. That curveball that you're throwing is going to plunge an extra couple inches lower. And we understand those things based on all the analytics and the science and the technology that's gone into monitoring these pitches uh, and these pitchers, excuse me. So over the last three or four years, spin rate has become the biggest thing that all pitchers are are chasing. And you need to look no further than Trevor Bauer, who went from, you know, fine, number two, number, two, number three guy, to like this past offseason chasing the highest salary ever for a starting pitcher. He's chasing that spin rate. Uh, his spin rate has doubled in the last couple of years. And everybody's like, well, why is that happening? It's extra grip. People are starting to use something called spider tack is the big one. Um, but there are other ones out there as well. And that is stuff that is made for people who work in construction, people who work in masonry that are carrying like huge, heavy stone and rock and need this grip. And it's become a foreign substance, right? And it's doubling people's spin rate again. And that's where this has suddenly gotten out of control. I think for a long time, everyone has known that most pitchers are using something, but the fact that it is no longer, you know, we play afternoon baseball and there's a rosin bag behind the, the pitcher's mound and he picks that up and then maybe he rubs his forearm with a suntan lotion is, and you're just like, whatever, you kind of look the other way on it. Now we're bringing foreign substances, if you want to call it that, into the game. And it is entirely based on chasing higher spin rate. And I think this is one of those things where we see this a lot over the last few years in baseball, right? If you can steal somebody's signs from second base, that's okay. If you're using an HD camera out in center field, zooming in on the back catcher, that's not okay, right? Like things that aren't naturally occurring in the game are a problem, whereas yeah, that guy's probably got some, some rosin or, or whatever, or some suntan lotion on his person. That's, we're going to look the other way on that and that's going to be okay. And part of it's just chasing this, this higher spin rate. You're using outside substances to do it. And all of a sudden everybody started to notice that that average pitcher is now a dominant pitcher. That minor leaguer is now a major leaguer. Um, it just changed the game too much and it was making a mockery of it. And I, I, I can't remember the guy's name. I think he was playing for the, I think it was with the White Sox. He drops down, this is a back catcher, to stop a wild pitch. And then he jumps up and he can't find it. So he spins around to the, to the, to the wall to see if the ball's gotten by him. And it hasn't. He's looking around. It's stuck to his chest protector. <laughs> and you're like, dude, what is on that ball? Like, this is no longer just grip. This is sticky shit that... It just changed the game too much. And it's embarrassing, right? The, that guy, that back catcher can't find the ball because it's stuck to his chest and he doesn't know it. That's a problem. And so I think in terms of like you're talking about the way people wax their sticks and, and things like that in all sports, there's different things that you do and everybody just accepts that eh, maybe it's bending the rules a little, maybe it isn't. But it's just always been that way and you look away. It's when it started to become a mockery, right, the, of the rules and it became way too obvious that 
this is a huge problem now that they started to really clamp down and now they're not going to allow any of that stuff. I think rosin is the only thing that's going to be allowed, but I mean, how you're going to enforce that with a guy who's clearly put on sunscreen to go out and pitch this game, you know, there's, you're going to be able to enforce the spider tax stuff, the, the stuff that has no business on a baseball field, but the other substances, this is going to be tough to enforce, I think. Did I do well, so a decent job at all of explaining the evolution of this thing? Or? Yeah, like, yeah, you explained it very well. I, I just, I think the whole situation, if, uh, speaking as a relatively new fan, and, uh, you know, I don't have the context of the history of this in, in terms of understanding it as a fan and, and the frustration, but like, can they not have a approved substances and not approved substances list for things you can put on your hands Absolutely. to make them sticky? Yeah. Do but they have that? The problem is, what they're going to do here, and they don't want to slow down the game too much. So once or twice a game, the umpire is going to inspect the pitcher coming off the mound. And it'll probably be two to three times a game for a starting pitcher, and then at least once now and then for your relievers. And they're going to do it during commercial, right? You strike strike out the guy for the third out of the inning, and as you're going to the, uh, the dugout and the broadcast has gone to commercial, the ump's going to inspect your hat. He's going to check out your glove or your belt or whatever it might be. The thing is, if he finds it, which he will, because all your favorite pitchers are doing this too. Everybody but the Blue Jays are doing this. The Blue Jays are honorable and right and would never do this. Um, How does he know? He doesn't know whether it's rosin or sunscreen or spider tack or whatever. He can throw you out of the game and there will be a 10-game suspension with pay. The big penalty here is the team won't be able to call anyone else up. So you go shorthanded for those 10 days. But he doesn't know when he finds it on you what it is. He just knows there's something sticky on your belt that you keep grabbing every time you go to throw a pitch. But some of it's allowed. So how is he supposed to know in the moment? You know, you're putting an awful lot of pressure on umpires who already probably get ripped more than any other (laughs) official in sports. It's going to be a mess here for a while. And and Tyler Glasnow of uh, of the Tampa Bay Rays he went off on this on Tuesday, um, knowing that this was coming two starts ago, he, he went cold Turkey, nothing on the ball, no sunscreen, no rosin, no nothing. And he had one of the best outings of the year, to be honest with you, he was fantastic. But the next day he said, I was so sore in places on my arm that have never been sore before. And he started, he's having to grip his curve differently, right? He's having to hold that slider deeper back in his hand to keep that grip. And then you release later, you're holding on tighter because there's nothing to grip onto. And so when he goes into his second start or the, the next start after that, he barely gets through like an inning or whatever. And he can tell already something's wrong and he's hurt. He's, he's torn a muscle in his elbow. And so his argument is, I get it. This has become a joke and it needs to be fixed not mid season. Like you can't have us, you need to give us the winner to, to throw normally or to have spring training or whatever. And he's rightfully getting dunked on a little bit. Like fans don't want to hear that, that sorry that you're not allowed to cheat anymore. Right? Like that's a hard thing to sell to the, to the fans, but there is something to that, that if for decades you've allowed them to do a certain thing and suddenly you just go now, not anymore. And it's in the middle of a year, you probably will see some guys, getting hurt. You will see a lot more wild pitches. You're going to see some weird shit here over the the next little while. I think. Is this at all addressing a problem that is not the biggest problem the MLB has? Well, the MLB has some problems. 
Uh, well, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> when I hear MLB and foreign substances, I'm like, okay, steroids again. Whoop de do. Like you know, here we go again. <laughs> right. And but they yeah, were late we're to solving about, that problem too, right? They were late to solving the. Yes, the, and they've the they've cheap- solved it, Matt. Well, wink. Okay, okay, but they've <laughs> they were late to the the cheating scandal there with the Astros and there was a bunch of teams that were setting up things and different HD camera setups and stuff like that. They were late to getting that accomplished. This seems like one of those ones we're going to jump on this early because it's getting a pile of attention. And like I said, I don't think you have anywhere near the backlash on this if you don't see a back catcher jumping up with a ball stuck to his yeah. chest. You have embarrassed the game now. You've made it too obvious, right? We let you for decades put shit all over the ball, mud way back in the early, in the 1930s and 40s and stuff. They just openly in front of everybody drop down, dig their hand into the dirt of the mound. And, I, and that was it. That's how you got your grip, right? You added stuff to it. The, the spitball over the decades was a problem. They let you get away. Yeah, that's gross. They let you get away with stuff for a long time, but now you've gone too far, right? And, and you've made it too obvious and it's embarrassing to the league and now they're going to crack down on it. And so you are still going to be allowed to use the rosin. Pitchers are complaining. You've had decades to create a ball we can actually grip, like from game yeah, to game. Fair. I don't know what the, like a lot of them are saying the texture is different. When I go to different parks, when we go to different parts of the country that are obviously being supplied by different factories, some of them are more chalky. Some of them are more slick. Some of them are easier to grip onto. You haven't given us a uniform ball that we can all get used to. And so we do what we have to do. And yeah, it's a mess. Honestly, it is. And I I sympathize with them a little bit in the fact that, you know, fans are all, And initially I was just sort of, shut up. I don't care that you can't cheat anymore. Figure it out. It is a weird thing to do to them in the middle of the year. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I guess I'm just like, I don't see how this is a huge cheating issue. Like if, if someone put some dirt or mud on their hand to grip the ball better, I'd be like, okay, cool. Right. Like football players wear gloves yep. to catch the ball easier. But again, that's you know. native to the park, right? The rosin you were allowed to have because it's in the park. You're allowed to have the sunscreen because you wear that to games. The spider tack that Masons are using. You no, can't I get bring that. that in. You can't bring I get that. that. So ban that substance. And, yep. and it, it seems like they're addressing the whole issue of putting something on your hands to grip better instead of just one substance. Yep. Like, okay, this is, this is too far. I get that it's hard to enforce, but you know what? Figure it out. You're yeah. the MLB. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, this true. is your job. Um, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater right. kind of thing. Like, it seems like a pointless, excessive way of addressing an issue when you can address one part of it. Pointless and, again, like, and excessive I'm, I'm, is what MLB does best. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming at this from a little bit of an outsider's perspective, uh, but I, I just, I've right. never, I've never thought that so, uh, you know, any player in any sport Everyone does little things with their equipment to to meet their own needs. Yep. Could you could you make a case that they're cheating? Probably, but where like, you know, where do you draw the line? I you know the 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 sign stealing scandal and this are two completely different things in my opinion. I, I, and it's just, it's I just get you, that this is this one substance that they need to address. Okay, cool, address that. But this is way too far. 
Yeah, and it's it might pointless. be. I, I and a lot of players are saying that, including a lot of batters that are going. I liked it a lot and better knowing that guy had control of where that ball was. Well, go. exactly. Like you know, I'm not going to get beamed in the head with a right. 90 mile an hour fastball. That's nice. Right. Um, but also, like if if the spin rate and the advanced analytics are an issue, um, can batters not adjust the way they swing? We've seen that all the time. Like uh, maybe if it's yes. dropping earlier, okay, swing. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a batter or a batting coach, so I don't know when you would swing earlier or later. That's a tall ass too. We are seeing enough of those issues, right? The, it's all or nothing right now in baseball. Guys are hitting long home runs or striking out. Like there's very, yeah. there's way less guys on base than ever before. Um, so there are issues there as well, but that's, that's just the deal. I can, I can have my slider turn into a, you know, eh, kind of a major league average slider to just this deadly pitch that no one's going to hit if I've got this extra grip on it. And so I do in terms of a purity of the game kind of thing, I kind of get it. I'm like, no, throw it properly or don't that's on you. Um, but at the same time, I'm realistic enough to know this has been going on forever. So, you know, if, if it's things in the ballpark, right. If, if a little butter from your from your popcorn in the dugout is going to help you somehow. I, I don't know. I guess figure I'm also it out. Very it's, confused as to how these some of these substances make you grip better. Like sunscreen, isn't that not slippy? That was always my understanding too. But if you wait long enough, it starts to get a little sticky, right? And if it's mixed with oh, the man. rosin, maybe I, I have no idea. But uh, to me, that's the deal, right? Like maybe it's just a mixed. There's a there's a rosin bag left behind the mound for pitchers to use whenever they want. We understand this yeah. is a. It's going to be pretty obvious and everybody's going to, but, but enough pitchers across the league, again, outside of Toronto are using this stuff that maybe it should be that obvious. Maybe get, maybe the fans all get to know that you're the pitcher who reaches down the most to get that foreign substance off the rosin bag. And maybe that's, it just, just seems it. like, like the only analogy I can think of is like, if, if a player was caught drinking beer in the dugout and someone went, okay, you can't drink any Wasn't liquid the in sauce? the dugout anymore <laughs> no i'm saying like yeah, hypothetically no, if someone yes. was caught drinking alcohol you're like well, you can't drink alcohol while you're playing dude i'm sure they do but you can't <laughs> and then you th- that's the mlb saying no more liquid sure you are not allowed to drink any liquid well, again they are the gonna keep letting them use the rosin they should yeah that, okay that's as long as they're like not but but again i just I no I, I hear you but the problem's gonna become the umps are gonna go i have no idea what that is i don't know what that is on his hand Maybe it's rosin. Maybe it's sunscreen. Maybe it's. Uh, then the MLB waits. Tried to the end of the ice cream from before the game, right? His hands are just. The, the MLB from that. should wait to the end of the season to figure this out. Figure out a way that they can detect. That what would it be is, my ideal. And I, then I, fix it. Like in like, principle, again, I like this. In execution, I hate it. You probably Rob had Manifred to. Just, should listen to this show. Obviously, he might. And figure he might. this out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he should be this. You're just gonna have to ride out this and if a guy hits a you know hard hit ball off the green monster and it just sticks to it halfway up that's sorry man that's the league you created i would love to see that to be honest with you that would be awesome what do you even call that i guess like your left fielder's got to climb up and grab it and the guy's out i i don't know (laughs) i am here for that all day long that is watchable baseball yep Oh, the MLB continues to be its own worst enemy. Um, there's, there's a ton of that talk going around that you yeah. now are pointing more at this problem than anyone else and drawing attention to yourself. So, like, this is the offside rule in the NHL mm-hmm. all over again. A gig, a 
glaringly obvious issue or problem that happened that was caught on camera created one, by the one way, time. one time thing. Yes. Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne, thank you very much. Created an entire rule change that slowed the game right down, and the MLB does not need that. Yep. So I, I just think they have to be careful with how they approach this, and I know they won't be. So no, they won't. Um, that's good. We all have faith in them. <laughs> uh, can, can I wax poetic about Sue Bird for a minute? Sure. Just before you do, I've cracked the uh, the cosmic Ooh. latte from Beyond <gasps> the Pale. You got it. I got it. Got the... Oh, I, I need to know what you think. I'm really enjoying this. And so it says in the description that it, it's it's you would use the um like the same malts, the same everything that you would use to make a malt or to make a blonde, excuse me. And then they poured um, the oats to it, added some like Ethiopian coffee, I think it said, and uh, made it taste like a stout. It really does. This is the Cosmic Latte 5.5% from Beyond the Pale. Um, my name is Matt Tay and I love to get latte. <laughs> now you may oh, pull I me out of the wrap fire. It up there. No, no, pull me out of the fire. <laughs> Tell us about Sue Bird because this was a huge accomplishment. All right. So as of Tuesday night with her three three-point shots made, in the game, Sue Bird moved into 909 three-point shots made all-time on her career, bringing her into second place in the WNBA for all-time three-point shots made, only behind Diana Shirasi, who has 1173, by the way. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, and, and Sue Bird moved into second place, like I said, giving her one more place in the record books that she already has several of, by the way. She's first in the league all-time in assists, games played and minutes played in the WNBA. She's in her 18th season with the league. She's 40 freaking years old (laughs) and still averaging 10 plus points per game. Her field goal percentage is at 51.1, which is the highest it's ever been in her career this season. And her three point shooting percentage is 46.7. She's having a fantastic year and just continuing to break records. And I am just continuously in awe of this woman. Every single game, Again, I've watched more WNBA that, this year than I ever have in my life, and I'm I'm amazed at what Sue Bird can do. Just the no-look passes she delivers every single game, how well she sees the court, she, the plays she made, makes, the, how fluid she makes everything seem, mm-hmm. and then remembering that she's 40 years old and in her 18th season, I'm just like, blown away. Put this in, in context for us. Like, obviously huge accomplishment, but it is in, and I, I'm going to pull myself back there a little bit. Cause it seemed like I was about to say something disrespectful that I didn't want to. This is one statistic though. Right. But put it in perspective in terms of where Sue Bird fits in, in terms of the all-time greats in the WNBA. Is this one thing that she does very well and has still had some longevity, but is, you know, Patrick Marlowe or is this Gordy Howe good, right? Like still getting it done well into her forties. Well, I mean, like I said, she's averaging 10 plus points per yeah. game still even this this season. She's seventh all time in points overall mm-hmm. in the WNBA. But, you know, she's like I said, she's second all time in the three point shots made, but she's also first in assists, games played and minutes played. So right. she's got it's, you know, 
with assists and, and, and in particular, and then seventh all time in points. Like it's not just that she's played for a long time. No. She's also put up points for a long time. Right. Oh, and then, you know, she won four championships, that whole thing and, yeah. in that time or three gold medals. <laughs> sorry. She's going for four this year. Um, God, I hope I didn't jinx her. No. Uh, you know, it's, it's she, hey, oh, she's got, hey, we're, oh, we're, she's holding we're the red and white and, thing here. I don't know, man. Oh, wow. Okay, this I'm is cheering be a thing. for Canada, but I'm also realistic. Yeah, no, I get it. I like, get I'm it. looking at Team USA. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're like, take the dream team in yeah. the '90s, yeah. and <laughs> this is going to uh, be a laugher for sure. <laughs> it's it's not even close. Like, like I, I'm not. I'm not. That's a whole other podcast. And we can do that day. as the Olympics. Oh yeah, when we get closer to the Olympics. We will. Like, I'm obviously cheering for Canada. Of Kia Nurse, what up? Yeah. But like, I'm looking at some of these players that. Now that I have a better understanding of of the WNBA, mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of these players who are going to be playing on Team USA, and then like the small number of players who are going to be going to play for like Australia or France or like their home countries, which is awesome. Yeah, it's not going to be close, man. It's not going to be close, and you no. know I hope it is. I hope I'm wrong, but just make I'm, it a game, like right? Just just. Just make it a game. At the same time, there's something special about seeing a team like the Dream Team of the '90s, right? Sure. Just trample over yeah. people it is fun and if it gets more people watching women's basketball in the olympics i am here for it and if i get to watch sue bird win a fourth gold medal i am here is she for gonna it. be on so. at 40 is she gonna be on team usa again oh yeah okay my we, only fear is diana tarasi because she's got a broken sternum mm. oh, and we um, talked about that like that makes me cringe yeah. every time Ugh, even i don't even like saying it <laughs> oh, should, i don't like if she played she was supposed to be out for four weeks as of what two or three weeks ago Mm -hmm. so you know she could be theoretically better by the time the olympics happen but jesus christ how do you play with them these (sighs) these people are freaks they'll find they'll find a way athletes are weird man we should Um, also just before you wrap us up we should quickly give a shout out to the canadian men's soccer team who has made it out of the uh i don't know (laughs) single a round of whatever playing against the brazilian teenage team or whatever the canadian men's soccer team uh goes four nil aggregate against haiti who is one of those teams that held canada down for a while so canada is now for the first time in 24 years on to the final round of qualifying for the 2022 world cup uh it's gonna be tough going in september they'll be playing the americans we playing uh panama and mexico i believe but huge win got a little bit of help from the uh, Haitian goaltender, um, for anyone who saw that highlight, little uh, little gross there. But the Canadian men's team slowly making their way up the rankings, trying to keep up with the Canadian women's team, trying to even get into the same bloody neighborhood. <laughs> um, but big win for them on aggregate over uh, over Haiti. Um, and I'm not a soccer guy, but I watched a bunch of that game on Tuesday just because I wanted to see it happen. Right, I wanted to see us make it out of the you know, playing against Bolivia and whatever else and get a chance to at least uh, play in that final round and and they're going to do it. So uh, that's pretty cool. Canada for a while has developed good soccer players that either there wasn't enough of them to make it worthwhile to come home and play for the national team or, or it just wasn't enough, but uh, we've talked about they were women. Yeah, well, that goes without <laughs> saying for sure. We, we, we've seen Diana Matheson, right? We we know what uh, what Christine Sinclair does. Um, Queen. Yeah, and now to see Jonathan David, to see Alfonso Davies, to see some of these guys uh, be willing to come home, play for the national team, um, 
we'll see what happens in the next round, but I, I thought it was cool because that is that one game, that one sport that's played around the world. And it would be great if if we could get out of the sandbox. And it would be great if we didn't completely suck at it. Yeah. No, but we're starting to see stars emerge. Yes. Like not just notable teams, but like Alfonso Davies in particular. Like he's a freaking superstar, yep. man. And and to know that to have people look up to him is only going to serve mm-hmm. the Canadian men's program. Could be Vince Carter. So much better. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like look what happened yep. in Toronto and in Canada. Yep. With with basketball, like this is. I think that that's that's really really key and and you know them. It's been twenty four years. Not gonna since jinx they, it. No, but, but you know them playing in the World Cup, even just being there, just get there, would, just get there, just get there, man. Like you have no idea what just seeing Canada versus someone be cool in the World Cup schedule would do for your fans to see some of our own flags during World Cup on people's cars driving around. Yeah. <laughs> So. Like the I love the World Cup because you get you get to find out where everyone's parents. Yeah, no, are it's from. true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or their grandparents, or them. Like who knows? Like that's the beauty of Canada. We've got so many people from different parts of the world, but we're also a very you know no matter where you're from, we're a very fiercely loyal country yes. when it comes to our sports. And yep. it would be nice if if our men's team just got in you the know, mix, just get made it. an appearance yes. for the love of God. Because look what happened with women's soccer. Like, look how big women's soccer is yep. here because the team is competitive on the international stage. They haven't even – they won bronze in 2012. Mm-hmm. That's it. They haven't even technically won anything. And I love that team. My dad and I, who couldn't – neither of us could possibly, as we, I guess, bookend this show with, in the same place, me and my dad, as neither of us have ever cared about soccer. But all of a sudden, the Canadian women's team is playing for a medal in the Olympics. That's yep. Sunday after – it's 28 degrees on a gorgeous day at the cottage – and we're sitting there watching soccer instead of out on the boat or whatever, right? Want to see the, that. Just get there. Just get there. I had never watched uh, a women's soccer game on an international level before in my life. And that was the the, the, the game against uh, the Americans, the mm-hmm. semifinals, was the first game I watched. And by about 20 minutes in, I was screaming <laughs> at the TV. <laughs> I want. I lived and died by that team. Yeah. By the end of that game, of like course. that, that game made fans in a heartbeat. It did for sure. And that's and and look where we are now. And the men so could do the same. Just, they could. They just, just they got to look up to. Got to look up to the women. There you the, go. The, the men's program has a lot to learn from the women's program, in all honesty, and that's yeah. why you saw John Herdman. I think that's why you saw John Herdman make that switch. I think he he saw that he could potentially build something. And he had that success was such with the a women's team. Weird decision, and people it was, called it, it was definitely a step down. There's no this is debating it. that was that was someone, a step down. I saw someone, and I roasted them online for calling it a promotion. I'm like, you left God, no. like a top ten team in the world for like number one thirty two or whatever it was. It's no. not a promotion. You can call it a. Well, you can call it a lot of things, you know, in terms of wanting to go and help build it and whatever. And I, I've, I don't know enough about soccer to say whether he's done that or not, whether he's been crucial to it or whether it's just better developed players or whatever it was, but it was not a promotion to leave a top 10 team in the world to go to, I don't know where we ranked somewhere between North Korea and whatever else. We're not, I like we're to not think good. He saw it as him. Going to he was build being something. noble. Is that what it but was? But there's no like even he would say like yes, I'm going down here to build right. something. That's to build it up to where to at least close to where I was before. Yes. <laughs> like, no, exactly. That's there's no or debate. somewhere even close down. would be great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to watch uh, women's soccer in the Olympics. This is going to be awesome. 
We got tons N- of that for to get those into. wondering, the NWSL has also returned. They took a break for international play. We saw the women's teams play a few friendlies over the last two weeks. Um, Any of them so, in the Eastern time zone for you? Or? Um, no. <laughs> I think actually, I think a few of them were in the morning. It was all, it was all in Europe. Okay. okay. Um, so I think a few of them might've been in the morning, but yeah. um, the NWSL has now returned to the, the, Players have come home. They're back to the regular regular schedule, but they will obviously have a break, as will the WNBA in the middle of the yeah, summer. Just for about five the weeks Olympics. away until the Olympics. Yeah. Let's go! All right, I think that's a pretty good place to to wrap it up. What What was your favorite beer? Cosmic Latte or the Aperol Spritz one? It's the uh, It's the Cosmic Latte. Ah, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I, I, yeah, no, I didn't dislike the Aperol Spritz, but uh, this is more. This is in Matt's wheelhouse, right? This yeah, is where Matt no, that's lives. Fair. So. Uh, Good stuff. Good show. Good show. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S, and you can see pictures of the beer I'm drinking on Crafted in the Capital on Instagram. And like I said, I'm taking a break from social media, so don't expect anything anytime soon, but I will be back, I promise. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time on TallCan Audio. Apple Spritz. It is over! Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.